across the city and South Cambridgeshire. On FM, digital and your mobile. Cambridge 105 Radio. I'm going to read you the menu. It's fantastic. So we get better flavour because of the fen soil. I've drunk more beer since I came here and bought my two barrels than I've ever done in my life before, I think. I shouldn't have said almonds. They don't make it from almonds. <laughs> so you've got this big sticky mess when you start off. Pizza pot pints! My wife's cakes are selling up hot cakes. Brilliant, thank you. The time is right for this sort of thing. Food is everything. Cambridge is right for this sort of thing. What's it like? <laughs> Good afternoon and welcome to Flavour with an hour of local food and drink news and stories. I'm Matt Bentman and joining me in the studio as usual is Alan Alder. Our colleague Sue Bailey isn't here today. She's off talking to Tom Kerridge, but she'll be back next time. Yeah, and today we're looking at Christmas food and drink. Yes, the Christmas food period has started already. Uh, Christmas menus are being posted online by restaurants and food shops have begun selling Christmas specials. So we're going to have a quick whiz around some of Cambridge's favourite food and drink spots to see what's on offer. Yeah, I visited some shops around town to check out their Christmassy items, whilst Sue has been having afternoon tea Japanese style at Kibu. As well as telling us about that, she finds out what they have on offer this festive season. And we've plenty of the local food and drink news, and at the end of the programme, our job section. So, let's begin. Indeed. As part of our look at food and drink for Christmas, we wondered about ideas for special presents. And one that really is special is a coffee machine. But what type to get? And what makers recommend it? I asked Jake Bosworth, head trainer at Coffee World in Milton, about the different types of machine and what they do and what he recommends. Now, there's a lot to know, and each type has its advantages and disadvantages, so it comes down to what you want your machine to do. For example, make a quick, good and reliable cup of coffee, or one that will enable you to experiment. And it turned out that Jake was the perfect person to ask. He has experience of a lot of machines, partly because of the training courses he runs. I do a bring your own machine course, so I see a lot, a lot of like hands-on sort of like domestic machines. Now, my... Well, people bring their, their, they, they cart their machine along. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They, um... And you show them how to get the best coffee out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they lug it all the way up the stairs, <laughs> nice little workout. But um, yeah, no, we do a nice little hands-on one-to-one. We play around with the machine, dial it in, set it up. You know, I've seen prototypes of machines that have never been released. I've seen, you know, just the standard day-to-day coffee machines. I've seen some that have been uh, modded and customised to oh. kind of how people want it to be. I see a nice wide range of things and it's always exciting to see yeah. you know, what, what everyone's got. Obviously you've got your traditional pod machines, um, you know, your Tassimos, your Nespresso's, things like that. They serve definitely a level of convenience and certainly a level of consistency. You know you're always going to get a similar coffee out of those. Going up from there, you've got your sort of bean-to-cup automatic machines. So you feed in um, coffee beans into the uh, internal grinder. This thing grinds it up for you uh, and internally produces almost like an automatic coffee. Not quite like a vending machine you get when you're out. Definitely a much higher... <laughs> I should hope yeah, not. Yeah, definitely a much higher quality than those. But still nice, nicely automated, simple. You know, when you wake up early in the morning, if you just want a cup of coffee, it will certainly do the job. The other sort of level, if you're not going down the manual equipment route, uh, would be like a tr- traditional espresso machine. 
So you grind your own coffee, um, produce your espresso shot, and then they also additionally allow you to steam your own types of milk, uh, you know, for cappuccinos or lattes or, or whatever you'd like to drink. With the beans cut machine, in a way you're kind of a little bit limited as to what you can use. They are developed kind of as, as a sort of an all-rounder machine. So you'll produce a shot of coffee. It might not necessarily be the highest quality, but you'll get something out of it. Um, <laughs> Most machines allow you to adjust an internal grinder ever so slightly, you know, slightly finer, slightly coarser, um, but you won't get the same level of control if you went down, say, for example, the traditional route where your grinding can be a lot more precise um, and a lot more hands-on with adjustment. So depending on how in-depth you want to go, um, traditional or bean-to-cup is certainly both a viable option. Right, but you haven't got the flexibility with it. You can't adjust it according to your own... No, no, you're very limited. You can, you've got a little bit of movement, but once it's kind of maxed out, you are kind of stuck with what, right. you're, what you're given. As with, as with the pod machines then, because you're very limited there, aren't you? I mean, you have to buy whatever they sell in pods, for example. Yeah, So absolutely. you haven't got much, you know, if you're an experimenter and you want to try this, then you can't. <laughs> no, I mean, some pod machines are a little bit more um, in-depth than others, so you can choose different, you know, volumes of water, but realistically, that's about it. Yeah. Um, you're kind of, yeah, like you say, limited to what they give you, um, whether it's a, a good quality pod coffee or not it's hard to say there are definitely higher end um, coffee pods out there now specialty coffee roasters are sort of dipping their toe into that market so you're definitely getting a nice pod out there um, but if you're going for the standard cheapest ones you can find yeah don't be surprised if they're not the best cup of coffee right okay well, that takes us back to the espresso machines and which sounds to be very flexible but it also sounds like you need to know what you're doing yeah definitely I mean um Depending on what brand you go for, some of them make it a little bit more easier than others. Um, there's certainly ones that really test your limits and your knowledge, but that's the fun of coffee, learning that, playing around with it and actually developing those skills. So with an espresso, then you have to buy ground coffee or grind the beans yourself. If you are actually getting hands-on and grinding the coffee yourself, it allows you to develop um, your own sort of recipe for the coffee, whether you want some more intensity or you want it a little bit weaker, you might want a higher volume. It allows you to just play around with everything a bit more. With the espresso machine, you've got to tamp the coffee down as well. So you need you need to be good at this, don't you? You need to know how hard to press. As long as you're consistent, it's level and it's compact. That's all it needs to be. You don't need to be throwing your shoulder out every time you try and tamp down <laughs> some coffee. And what about frothing? Most machines will have a steam wand attached to the machine. Whether they're completely manual, allows you to kind of manipulate the milk yourself. Some of them have kind of internal thermometers that will cut it out at a certain temperature. Some have auto steam functions completely where you kind of just put the jug down and it does it all for you. So depending, again, how in-depth you want to go, wow. it's about finding the right machine for you. The quality of the coffee you're about to drink, of what you've made, not what you've bought, but what you've made, is quite variable then according to different machines because some allow you to adjust to your own taste, say, and, and, and some don't. Yeah, 100%. It's, um, again, one of the things I teach. I, the numbers and the weights and things that I give in the training room aren't necessarily going to be the same for every single machine, nor are they going to be the same for every single person. My ideal espresso might not be the ideal espresso for, say, someone else. They might want to adjust and play around with their recipes. So everyone always asks, like, what's the magic numbers? What am I looking for? Yeah. I wish I had the answer, but unfortunately, every machine <laughs> and every coffee is slightly different. It's about using your knowledge and experience to find what's best for it. 
Have you got any recommendations of what machine people might buy? Yeah, certainly. So, um, um, but going based on recommendations, my go-to recommendation typically, um, if you want a nice mid-ground of, you don't have to be fully automated, but you don't have to, you know, go hands-on fully every single time. Um, a Sage machine is always a lovely go-to. Um, most of them now will come with an internal grinder, so it's just nice one little unit that you don't have to then take up half the counter space with. Yeah. Um, because grinders themselves are hugely expensive. I was looking at some this morning. They're wildly expensive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's you can find them for very, very cheap, but you kind of get what you pay for. You can find yeah. a grinder for as little as maybe 20, 30 pounds up to, um, well, the most expensive grinder that we currently sell is around about two and a half, three thousand pounds. So, yeah, they, they fluctuate um, massively. Um, but I would say an average home setup, you can get a very good machine and grinder for, say, about £500. It's kind of a nice budget I would sort of set for a kind of little home setup. If someone wanted to go really high end and wanted the top equipment, you know, top machine, top grinder, I would definitely recommend the Lamazocco Linear Mini. Uh, that's going to set you back sort of around about three, three and a half thousand pounds. If you ever go to a cafe and they've got a Lamazocco machine, they've spent very good money on what they're using. Oh, really? Um, right. It's arguably one of the best home machines I've ever had my hands on. Yeah. Feels just like a, a sort of commercial machine, but much more of a domestic size. And then partner that with, say, like a niche grinder, which is again going to set you back about five, six hundred pounds, and you've got very expensive but a very fun setup to play with. <laughs> You better buy decent coffee to put in it. <laughs> if you can afford it after that, yeah. <laughs> Looking at the, the complete other end of the cost spectrum, something like a, a filter coffee or a, a mocha or a cafetiere, which is infinitely cheaper. <laughs> Massively, yes. <laughs> is, the, is the quality of the very expensive one, you know, infinitely better? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I always tell people when it comes to manual brewing, you don't have to spend... You know, shed loads of money to really get a high quality product you can pick up a v60 which is just a standard filter device for 15 20 pounds that then comes down to the quality of coffee you feed into it so as long as you practice your technique consider the right coffee beans you can really still produce a high-end fantastic coffee so what's missing from the coffee that's brewed that way that so when you're working with espresso because it is pressurized and there's a high temperature going through this coffee you grab this full range of flavor and kind of compact it into this little cup so you get these vibrant fruity acidic really bright notes coming through with an espresso if you were to then brew say a filter or a cafetiere mocha pot the pressure is much lower so the intensity isn't as um sort of overwhelming and it allows the flavor to be uh, kind of a, a much broader range so you get these fruit notes but they're not overwhelmed by acidity so you can kind of enjoy it throughout the cup rather than all the flavor all at once in one quick hit right so there's a lot to think about <laughs> certainly yeah there's always always lots to learn that's the thing with coffee okay jake thanks very much i oh, know thank, thank you, you. Yeah, that was Jake Bosworth of Coffee World in Milton. And Jake runs a big range of coffee-related courses and Coffee World sells a range of coffee-making machines and is itself a coffee roaster, so it sells a range of coffees as well. And it's all on its website. And I must say, after talking to Jake, I'll be, you know, I'm now becoming obsessed <laughs> uh, with something else, this time with what coffee machine different cafes use, because, you know, Jake there said that La Marzocco is really 
such a good machine and if you see one of those in a in a cafe you should be getting good coffee so mm. my eyes are peeled <laughs> And now details of free food available in and around Cambridge. The information about what's available and where to get it comes from the Olio app, and that exists so that people's or businesses' surplus food doesn't go to waste. Yeah, that's right, and today's look at Olio for Cambridge shows us that our regular Saturday Olio person, Will Run, who lives on Coleridge Road, has come up trumps again. This time he's got baguettes and batons and cheese bloomers to give away, and Francesca, who is near Cherry Hinton Hall, is offering a bag of loose pina colada-flavoured fruit tea. So it's got coconut, hibiscus and dried fruit flavourings. And that's all on Olio this morning, which is quite slim pickings, perhaps, but maybe the weather has something to do with it and the time of year. But uh, earlier in the week, I decided to give Olio a try myself. And someone had collected lots of Pret-a-Manger items that were due to expire. And I managed to pick up four filled baguettes, cheese and pickle, tuna, special Christmas-themed one. And, you know, you get really good stuff all throughout the week with Olio. I saw that offer, and I'd collected the items within 20 minutes. Wow. It was really good. It was really nice. So quick and easy. Food that technically would have to be dumped several hours later. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is, that is tremendous. And there is another free app as well, which does the same sort of thing. This app is called Too Good To Go, and it has unsold food from restaurants and shops, and it's often at less than half price, so you go into the restaurant and shop and pick it up. And rather than specifying each leftover item, the surplus food is packaged as a magic bag, ready for you to take home instead of it being binned at the end of the day's training. So if you go into that app, you can see which store, which cafe is expecting to have some surplus food at the end and just book yourself a magic bag and then go and collect it. Yeah. It's just exactly the same advantage. It's cheap or free for you and it stops food being wasted. I can't remember if I ever mentioned this. A colleague of mine was using Too Good To Go. The best deal they ever got, I think, is there a place called Wasabi? Yes. Uh, they got a deal, a Too Good To Go deal from them, cost them £5, and we totaled up the value of the goods inside, came to £25. Yeah, wow. Extraordinary, right? It is, it is, it yeah. is. Right. OK, let's move on to uh, our news now. Here's our first roundup of local food and drink news, and that's for today, Saturday the 18th of November. And happening right now as we speak, there's a bake sale organised by Camilla Marcius at Meadows in Mill Road. It has started, it started at 10am and it will end when everything is sold. And proceeds will go to the enormously important charity Medical Aid for Palestinians. Contributors include Anissa Chocolate, La Latina Busterante, Paichin's Table, The Modern Table and if she can get there, Elisa of My Foodie Days. There's an off-the-beaten-truck pop-up at Flourish in Hildesham on the 25th of November. From 10 till 4, you'll find Pimp My Fish, Steak and Honour, Linton Kitchen, Small Town Bread and From the Walled Garden among the food vendors there. The next Granston's Farmer's Market, which is the last for this year, so it's going to have a lot of Christmassy items, is on the 26th of November at 9am. There will be more than 30 stalls, and many of them sell foods. Mm. The Trumpington Eco Christmas Market at the Clay Farm Centre, that's also on the 26th of November, and it runs from 10 till 2. Our stalls include Richard Gin, a mulled wine stall, Chocks Away, which has chocolates, fudge and Turkish delight, and Kickstart Coffee. 
Now, Kickstart Coffee is a non-profit business run by Hannah. Uh, that's someone who I met at a Christmas fair a few years ago, and she told us all about her business. In amongst this local community spirit, I met Hannah, whose community spreads across continents, thanks to some coffee. 18 years ago, I went to Uganda as a student nurse, got salmonella, got picked up by an African lady called Agnes, who introduced me to her school. Everything we're selling today is for the children that we support in Uganda, and we also pay for the teachers' salaries to make sure that they are paid a fair wage. We've had children in the 18 years become doctors. There's a girl called Ruth. I first met, she was four. She's now a professional chef. And then another girl called Christine, who is now a nurse. You see these children from young right through. And it's incredible to see because we've supported her through everything. I was walking around a craft market 2019 and saw coffee. And I was like, why don't I set up a coffee company? And it is completely non-profit. I don't take money from it. I, don't, I have no intention of making money from this. Uh, for me, it's about seeing these children thrive and be happy. We first brought the coffee over in August 2020. We sold our first bag of coffee in September last year. And so far, we've nearly sold about three tonnes. So we go to fairs like this, we bring over Ugandan coffee. You know, I have some people who drink two kilos a month. And if I had 100 of those or 200, that supports the school right the way through. So we import our own beans. We've got Elgon roast, 100% Arabica, AA grade, taste notes, chocolate, almond, blackcurrant, very smooth. Today, we've launched our brand new roast, which is called Kamacha, which is morning in Ugandan. That is a stronger blend, so half Robusta, half Arabica, and it's all Ugandan. And then we've got another blend called Nectar Roast, which actually isn't here today. The beans are flying in in the next two weeks, and that's a honey processed. It's where the beans are dried in their cherries, so it, it gives the syrup taste to it. So if you like sugar in your coffee, you would love Nectar Roast, and then you don't have to add the sugar. <laughs> And each 250 bag of coffee pays for seven hours of teacher's salary. So that's Hannah, and her business is called kickstartcoffee.org. She delivers for free in Cambridge, in plastic tubs too. Hannah will deliver you that tub, you drink your coffee, and then she'll come and collect the empty and refill it. See, sometimes living in the future isn't so bad. Thank you very much. Right, so that was Hannah, who's at the uh, Trumpington Eco Christmas Market on the 26th of November. And also on the 26th of November, what a busy day, at Meadows in Mill Road, there's a workshop of chocolate techniques, and that's for beginners. A small workshop for six to eight people, and it includes hands-on festive chocolate making. You'll be making chocolate mondiant and truffles with tutor Camilla Marcius. The cost is £120, and mondiants, apparently, are a traditional French confection composed of a chocolate disc studded with nuts and dried fruits representing the four mondicons or monastic orders and they're usually produced in France during Christmas and thank you very much to Wikipedia also for that information. On the 2nd of December there is a festive fringe fair at the Edge Cafe on Mill Road bringing together 
people, music, food and activities, they say. The Edge Cafe is right down the end of the Romsey side of Mill Road. It's on the Brookfields Hospital site. And they're looking for more volunteers to help them make it a really good fringe fair. They need volunteers to help run the events, to help set things up and to take them down at the end of the day. Any help is appreciated. If you can spare some time for them, then please contact L dot roberts hyphen nissen at consciouscoms.com that's uh, rather a mouthful so you could also try contacting them via their website at theedgecafecambridge.org or just pop by it looks fantastic and having eaten some of Poudini's food I can really recommend it uh, more news later in the programme okay now, Sue was at the opening of Kibu in August. That episode is available in your podcatcher of choice. In fact, all our flavour programmes get turned into podcasts. And she went back this week to discuss the menu, their afternoon tea and more. I'm speaking to Nicola, who is the restaurant manager at Kibu in Jesus Lane. And this is the beautiful Japanese restaurant that opened earlier in the year. And I've just sampled the most amazing Japanese-inspired afternoon tea, which was, may I say, absolutely fantastic. Not your traditional English afternoon tea, but your Japanese afternoon tea, but with a sort of certainly sweet as well as savoury. We had the classic, which was sushi and sweet. So could you just talk me very briefly through the sushi and the sweet options? Absolutely. So the classic option uh, includes the prawn osomaki, includes one California roll, which is made out of uh, uh, tempura prawn. Uh, you got some cucumber and avocado. And uh, you have the tobiko, which is the fly fish eggs uh, on the top, and some uh, uh, wasabi mayo as well. Alongside with that, we have the salmon tataki, which is uh, just uh, is like a, a real thin uh, slice of salmon, just uh, torched, really, really, really briefly, which is topped up with some mango salsa, and uh, uh, you got uh, uh, on top some chives as well. To finish up, uh, you have the seabream nigiri, which is uh, really, really popular at the moment. This is all the, uh, the sushi, which is plenty for uh, for two people. On the sweet side, we do offer the doriyaki, which is the Japanese pancake. It's a sort of a pancake filled up with our uh, homemade custard. Mm, that uh, was really unusual. It was more sponge than pancake. I really like that. Yes, probably. Yeah, it's more on the spongy on the spongy mm. side. That's why we we always lit, uh, put on the side a little bit of strawberry compote which is very, very interesting uh, for the pancake to be dipped in. We also do the mochi ice cream, which you find we finally uh, tried today. Also, we do our uh, uh, little version of our desserts. Uh, one is the yuzu cheesecake, and uh, it's coming instead of a cheese, as a cheesecake, it's coming in a tartlet. We're doing the Japanese garden, which as well is a chocolate ganache uh, topped up with some chocolate uh, soil, and as well is coming in a, um, in a little tartlet. That was amazing, the Japanese garden. I've never tasted such a, a light garden in my <laughs> life. It was beautiful. We decided to do something which is really including in our menu, uh, just you know, for whoever is coming for afternoon tea to sample something which we already have on our dessert menu. And uh, those desserts are going to be on the Christmas menu as well. And then you can have either sake or champagne.
champagne or matcha, which I gather you do as a sort of tea ceremony? Yeah, we do the matcha afternoon tea as a ceremonial um, afternoon tea. So we have all our equipment which we bring at the table and uh, we do that in front of the customer as a ceremony as uh, uh, is supposed to be done. Mm. Which and is the, with the whisking of the tea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You whisk the, uh, the matcha powder with a little bit of water, first of all, and you keep adding some water. It needs to be nice and fluffy, I'll say, on, uh, on the top. And of course, Christmas is coming up. So what are your plans for Christmas? Christmas, this is going to be our first Christmas in here in Cambridge. As a kibu, uh, we have always uh, three different uh, menus, which are all of them sharing menus. We have the vegetarian festive menu, which of course uh, uh, is suitable for all the vegetarians. Some dishes, they can be suitable for vegans as well. Uh, not the desserts, I'm afraid, because the desserts, they always contain a little bit of dairy. We do have the festive uh, menu, uh, which again is a sharing, uh, um, sharing formula. And we have the special uh, festive menu, which uh, is including a bit more of our uh, signature uh, dishes, like, for example, the Tokujo Moriawase, which is our premium sushi and sashimi platter. As I said, all of them, uh, they are sharing a menu as per Japanese tradition. Every dish uh, is going to be serving two people. The menus uh, m- online already since a couple of weeks. Um, our Christmas parties are available uh, Monday to Thursday from 12 o'clock until 7 o'clock in the evening. As a matter of uh, room, uh, literally room in the restaurant, the largest table we can accommodate goes between six and ten people at the time. Of course, all the menus uh, are available uh, to be seen on the website. Uh, however, whoever likes to give us a call to discuss it, feel free to do so. All of them, um, they have to be pre-ordered at least uh, seven days uh, in advance. But we are more than happy to give all the instructions possible to our, uh, our customer to mm. give them a, a nice mm. kibu Christmas time. And also with the afternoon tea, that has to be ordered two days in advance, yeah, I gather, yeah. yes. Again, uh, it's is just for us to be ready. I mean, uh, the sushi rolls are, of course, made uh, at the moment, mm. uh, the desserts as well, but uh, that gives us time uh, to work a little bit in advance and uh, to have uh, everything under control as we like to, to do. Mm. Can I just ask, how has your first few months been in Cambridge? It's been very good. It's been very good. Now um, we start picking up uh, a little bit more. Uh, I would say we started in a really wise way, I would say, because it's a little big company and uh, we already have uh, uh, other sites. So Cambridge is probably the biggest, uh, the biggest restaurant of the company. There are, of course, a lot of expectations for, uh, for here. So we wanted to do baby steps in order to be able to deliver the best uh, service uh, and the best food of course possible uh, so now since probably two months yeah we we kind of running a full uh, capacity and we are planning you know to increase uh, uh, a lot uh, just uh, last uh, saturday we uh, we broke the record of the 400 covers uh, in a day, which uh, is, a, is a matter of pride for, for all of us. I would say we're becoming more popular by the day. So we're planning to do a smashing Christmas time. Uh, and uh, for the next year, uh, uh, we're going uh, gonna to definitely increase uh, numbers and, and put ourselves a bit more uh, in the Cambridge panorama. And in terms of the guests that you have, what's the type of breakdown? Is it very mixed? Yes, yes. We can have uh, students, uh, we can have uh, um, middle-aged uh, customers. I had a, a lovely 92 years old uh, customer uh, on, uh, on Sunday, which was absolutely lovely. And uh, it's so, yeah, it's 
really really mixed. That's pretty much our philosophy, you know, to be able to deliver to everybody. And mainly Cambridge, Asian, Cambridge Asian. I mean, what would you say? Total mix again. We have, uh, yeah, we have uh, many many members of the Asian community coming uh, for a bowl of ramen uh, or for a uh, for a meal with us. I would say, yeah, summertime we got lots of tourists, so many people uh, uh, from um, all across the world. I have to say, as an Italian, it's quite surprising because I just moved in uh, in the area. I meet uh, so many Italian probably I met more Italians in here than back home in Italy. Uh, so that is, is again is very surprising and it's very it's really encouraging because that means we are embracing uh, quite a variety of ages and uh, ethnic realities. So mm. we are very very happy. I think it's a beautiful restaurant and I love the surroundings and I think you have added so much beauty to this part of Cambridge. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. And that was Sue talking with Nicola, the restaurant manager at Kibu in Jesus Lane. You can view their menus, book tables, join their club and even organise your Christmas dinner with them online at kibu.co.uk and Kibu is K-I-B-O-U. OK, coming up after the break, we've got some more local food news. We'll check out some tempting Christmas food items and we'll round things off with a fish curry. See you in a couple of minutes. From Glenn Miller to Count Basie, Buddy Rich to Maynard Ferguson and upcoming artists like Louis Dowd as well and Georgina Jackson. If swing is your thing, big band is your beat, and you just want to jive to the jazz, then join me, John Hammond, for The Big Band Show, Sunday night at 7, here on Cambridge 105 Radio. of long waiting lists to see a dentist as a private clinic dentistry and more can book you an appointment when it's convenient to you we believe dental physics should be a pleasant experience our relaxing and welcoming clinic is in the center of trumpington right next to the clay farm center and sainsbury's our team comprises highly experienced dental specialists who are dedicated to delivering the highest standard of care using the latest dental equipment to provide efficient and painless treatment We offer a 10% discount for NHS workers and we have additional hygienist appointments available on Saturdays. Find out more at dentistryandmore.co.uk. Welcome back to Flavour. Now, we bring you a lot of food and drink news, and it's usually all positive. New cafes and restaurants opening, special food and wine events, restaurants winning prestigious awards, that sort of thing. But it isn't always good news, is it, Alan? No, 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 unfortunately not. Uh, When I was coming to our last programme, I noticed that uh, Espresso Library in East Road was shut, and Mm. I thought, well, that's very odd. You know, Saturday morning's quite a busy time. And then uh, I saw that also the one in um, St Andrew's Street was closed, and they both now look thoroughly closed, like they're not going to reopen. So I think we've lost Espresso Library. And, of course, last time we reported that tie at number 77 in Caxton, which was a very popular restaurant had closed Mm. and the senate in saint mary's passage has gone as well so you know it's hard and you've got news of some break-ins matt yeah a bit of the spate of them actually on mill road this week uh, the new culinaris shop was hit the mill cafe was also hit as well and yesterday i was doing a bit more recording for today's show and i heard that the black cat cafe was also broken into although 
I don't think anything was taken, so maybe the perpetrator got a bit spooked. Uh, but uh, Eclipse Bakery, that was also hit. They all appear to be back operating, but uh, it's been a rough old week this week. It seems that those responsible were after cash and smallish items, so they, they tended to get away with things like meats, uh, even advent calendars, which almost sounds funny, but there's some very upmarket advent calendars out there. <laughs> oh, the... Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I haven't got any. <laughs> but did you, did you talk to anybody? Did you get... You know, I mean, how do people feel? They must feel gutted if they're broken into. They were pretty shattered. I spoke to Zoltan Bogarty yeah. uh, at Culinaris, yeah. and... Um, he he seemed really upset. When I got there, I saw, like, the front window smashed. Oh. But he showed me a video recorded on his phone. They were broken into at 5 a.m., and the, the door was just knocked clean down. Right. And they got in, and they turned everything over. By the time I got there in the afternoon, everything had been cleaned up. But, yeah. you know, his staff was still in shock as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah. And did an alarm go off or anything like that? You know, An alarm was going off from 5am. But people didn't respond? No. People, i.e. the police, I suppose, That's, yeah. didn't respond. Right. Mm. Well, times are tough for small independents and, and we need to support them, don't we? Mm-hmm. Which is not hard since generally they're all far better than the big chains. But if we're not careful, the big chains will become even more dominant and I don't think any of us would want that. Yeah, there'd be no need for us, for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but there are a couple of openings though. Coffee World in Milton is opening its cafe probably in the second week of January and the new Bald Brothers Cafe in Hills Road, that'll probably open in March the month of March, not the town (laughs) Right, Uh, let's pop over to Congratulations Corner and in there is Scott's All Day from Mill Road which had two winning pizzas in the Pizza and Pasta and Italian Food Awards on Wednesday, also known as the Papa Awards Uh, They were awarded for Scott's All Day Sicilian prawn and pepperoni and hot honey pizzas. So Scott's All Day was also in Papa's top five independent pizza restaurants in the UK, so many congratulations. News of some special meals now. On the 24th of November at Thrive in Norfolk Street, there is a pop-up Indian meal with vegan chef Melanie Hanspall. Now, there's three courses, and the cost, which doesn't include drinks, is £30. You can book and get further information by emailing her, melaniehanspall at yahoo.co.uk. On the 12th of December at Market House in Market Square, there's a Saffron Grange wine dinner, a four-course meal accompanied by a taste of Saffron Grange wines. It's at 6.30pm and the cost is £95. And finally, the next foraging chef dinner at Amphora in Devonshire Road is on the 17th of December. It's at 6.45, there's a £55 deposit, and then on the day you pay £65 to Chef Steve Thompson. The menu is superb. It's five courses and ten wines. You can see it on the Amphora website. Anyway, that's all the news for now, and we'll have more later. Now, I went for a wander around town this week to see what some well-known food shops have got in the offing for Christmas. Uh, Say, if you're looking for a gift for a foodie friend or a loved one, or even just yourself, because there is plenty of good stuff out there, and this represents a little selection. I started off by visiting Meadows on the Romsey side of Mill Road, and the first voice you'll hear is Alessandra. These are her Christmas recommendations. So at Christmas, our kitchen gets really busy. Every year we do Christmas cake, 
and it's a good idea to pre-order them to make sure that you don't miss out. We also do mince pies. Our pastry chef, Shannon, does an amazing mince meat with local quinces. We sell them individual on the counter, so if you want to come in for a coffee or tea, that's a nice treat to have. So these are locally picked quinces? Yeah, we actually forage ourselves. I think uh, Shannon knows where the trees are. <laughs> so she always brings a lot in and then we make our mincemeat with the quinces. It's a really it's something delicious, really delicious. We also make gingerbread cookies. They are beautifully decorated, so it's a very nice gift to give, delicious and beautiful. Every year we get panettone from Italy. It's a small bakery based in Trieste on the northwest coast of Italy. It's a classic Milanese panettone with candied orange peels and raisins. It's just really good because it's made by hand in a small bakery. People know us for uh, the cheeses. For Christmas, we always get Bacheret Mondor from the Jura in France, uh, particularly because it's served uh, warm with uh, potatoes or crusty bread to dip in. Perfect for sharing because, as you can see, it's quite large. So it's perfect if you're in, uh, entertaining people at home. That's a, a really nice piece to have on the table. Uh, very wow factor. Uh, another cheese that we do is, is the Stilchton which is a raw cow's milk cheese from Nottinghamshire. Rich is a really great addition to any cheese board. Lovely. Thank you very much, Alessandra. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> I'm Luke. I run Limoncello over the bridge, Romsey Town End, and we'll be here for another 26 years, hopefully. This year, we have brought back our famous Bonifanti panettone, which is made specially for us in Italy. Are you quite interested in the panettones this year? Yes, yes, I should be interested to try one for the first time. <laughs> so we've ordered a mixture of around a thousand panettone, various flavors and styles, sizes. We often get people coming in asking for six or 12 panettone and companies, obviously, asking for sort of 20 or 30 panettone at the same time, which is nice. Things that are new, we've got really high quality pistachio filled panettone with chocolate panettone. Christmas Eve is, is well renowned for us for being cured meats and cheese madness day, where we close early. We don't open for the evening, but we close early but we'll have a, a, a mad rush for last minute meats and cheeses they want freshly sliced for Christmas Day, Boxing Day, usually Boxing Day, but we, we close those days. So truffles, we're coming into currently in white truffle season. White truffle season is peaking right now. Mid-December we'll come into winter blacks. So the winter black truffles were really deep black pigmentation and then white veins that run through. They are the most pungent of the truffle species, apart from the white truffle. Obviously the most expensive as well, but you do get what you pay for in terms of quality. And naturally we have a big range of truffle products, nuts, truffle tomato, truffle tomato sauces. Yeah, yeah, we import all of our truffles and truffle products directly from Italy. It's the only products we actually ship in ourselves. The French have a Perigord style truffle in the winter, and that's sort of the same quality as what we get mid-December through to beginning of February. And really, they are spectacular. Spectacular. 
Uh, I'm TJ from Harvest. We're in Mill Road, just after the bridge, on the right as you're coming from the city. We've got Monte Bongiallas, like truffle tin sets. Tastes brilliant, very attractive. The tin itself, it can be as a decoration. We have panettones, everybody buy panettones in Christmas, but it's hard to get the vegan and the gluten-free one. And they're also organic. We've got a wide range of them here. Hoping people will find the right product for themselves here. We get really busy in Christmas period because we sell wide range of fresh produce here. We special cooked chestnuts, fresh chestnuts. We concentrate on our seasonal thing. Our fresh producer this time of the year, it's oranges, it's sharing fruits and pomegranates. We only stock them during the season. Uh, last week, when Halloween, we, we had a lot of range of pumpkin, organic squashes and potato mashes. We work on season when it comes to fresh produce. And this may be a familiar voice to some, it's Jackie Sutton-Adam. So we're in the Cambridge Cheese Company, we're in the heart of the city in All Saints Passage, and we're standing in front of our deli deck. And the thing I want to tell you all about is the pork pies that we get. They're made locally. We get so many comments about these. It's a double cooked crust, so it's water pastry. Cooked twice, you get this beautiful crunch and a nice sort of shiny surface filled with pork and various other things. So pork and pickle, traditional pork, pork and apple. And at Christmas, we have two specialities. One is a game pie and the other is a festive pie. They are so pretty. Have a check on our Instagram page when they come out. They've got a topping of quite large, um, I think they're red currants actually, but they're enormous. I don't know, they almost look like grapes just laid on top of the pie instead of the crust. And they're so pretty, such a centerpiece for the, for the Christmas table or even the Boxing Day table. So um, yes, we've got some fantastic cheeses coming up for the Christmas season. Some of these are a spin on traditional cheeses and other things are quite wild and out there. And let's start off with the traditionals. We only ever do Colston Bassett Stilton. It's the best, it's the smallest, it's the creamiest and it's always a winner. For the soft cheeses, we quite like to push something called a Vacheran Mondor and that's a French winter made cheese only comes in a little box so it means you can scoop it out while it's on the cheese board and if you have any left over it works great if you shove it in the oven with a little bit of I don't know white wine or something in there and melt it so you've got an instant fondue and after the fondue you can throw away the box no washing up that's always a winner also we'll have a great range of Christmas cheddars I mean they're, they're treasures that we sell all year round but we spend a good nine months of the year maturing some old cheddars, Lincolnshire poachers is one of them, um, there's a few others as well. And we mature these up to a nice, full, crystally, punchy flavour. And we normally call them things like gum burner or dragon slayer. It just depends on what shape they've come out when we test them, when we open them. So those would be my traditional uh, choices. And then finally, we've got a couple of out there cheeses, locally made Cambar and St Ivo. Those are sheep's milk cheeses made in Cambridgeshire. Uh, we don't have a huge quantity because we're one of only two customers that the cheesemaker who sells them to us has. They're soft, creamy, very sweet, very Moorish, very sort of delectably luxurious for Christmas. That would be a good one. And finally, we've got Lola Montes, which is a German made firm cheese. Thermophilic is the, uh, the kind of cheese it's called. Therm Thermophilic is a way of heating the cheese curds up to a certain temperature and holding it there and it creates a more elastic texture of cheese when you mature it. The cheeses are pressed and they're very, that sort of smooth Gruyere style of cheese. Anytime you're tasting that, it's likely to have been a thermophilic cheese. Smooth and pressed, yeah. And they come in, as a huge range of them, so not just, not just Gruyere. 
So we've got these lovely artisan-made panettones by a company called Filippi. They are quite unusual because they're um, what we call a B Corp business. So they look at the whole of their business operation and try to make everything as sustainable and as eco-friendly as possible. And they are honestly the lightest, fluffiest, most buttery panettone that I have ever tasted. They're quite horribly expensive, but people don't seem to care. So that's why we still do them. Even the packaging, actually. I'm going to show you the ribbon here. This ribbon here is made out of bamboo, I think. So everything is compostable. And they've really thought about absolutely everything, which really fits with our values. So there's a Classico, which is just with orange peel and mixed fruits and then some out there flavours for people who want something a bit different. We've got salted caramel, pear and dark chocolate, and marron, which is marron glacé. So little pieces of candy chestnut, absolutely delicious. Yeah, we've done them for about four or five years, and I keep thinking it's time to ring the changes and maybe find a different brand, but really, it, it's really hard to find something that measures up quite so well. I'm just going to tell you about some things that people come in. I'm looking for a, a present for my granny and um, she really likes things like Turkish Delight, Bath Olivers. Have you seen any of those? Yes, we have. So we've got the chocolate Bath Olivers, which are in a lovely brown tin. And then these things, marzipan fruits, which people always ask. They're a love it or hate it item, aren't they? So they're really good and Turkish Delight, chocolate Bath Olivers. And they're the things that people sort of fallen out of fashion a little bit yeah. but if you're looking for something that is you know suitable for for people that are hard to buy for i definitely think we've probably got some some things in here for you and those are my recommendations coming up to christmas yeah everyone loves panettone it seems uh, but i couldn't take my eyes off those pies I, you know i was the same when i saw the cheese and pie man's pies at the food fair on parker's piece a few months back so to see those christmas pies at the cambridge cheese company it was the chunkiness it was the the beautiful glaze the thickness of the pastry that double cooked crust <laughs> the the real deep brown color of the pie it was like an oak table they were the look of christmas <laughs> like to me, those pies. <laughs> well I, I do occasionally buy one of those pies and they yeah. are really really fantastic and something else that i mean jackie mentioned the chocolate bath olivers something else that they sell there which i like to buy occasionally is the bath squares which are you know they're sort of biscuits to go with cheese and they, yeah. they are really really nice and they make a good change from i don't know oat cakes or crackers or something like that <laughs> it's a great shop to go and explore i think wine, wine, wine. Drink that wine. and on to wine news now and thorn wines has launched a subscription service if you don't know thorn wines they supply some of cambridge's top eating places and i I had a superb bottle of Beaujolais supplied by them at Fancits a while ago. The subscription service operates at five price points, ranging from £36 for three bottles to £60 for three bottles. And you can choose how often you want wines, monthly, every two months or every three months, and how many bottles you want each time, three, six or twelve. And you can choose red wines only, white wines only, rosé, a mixture, you can cancel pours or change your order. Anyway, there's much more about it on the Thorn Wines website. They're a local family company and they have a very good selection. 
And speaking of local, Grape Britannia is now open in its new home at Mitcham's Corner, 34 Chesterton Road to be precise. Now their opening times are 12 till 6, but on Fridays and Saturdays that extends to 8pm. You'll only find it closed on Sundays and Mondays. There's a tasting of Barolo wines at the wine rooms in Hills Road on the 30th of November with Italian sommelier Lavi. It runs from 7 to 8.30pm. It costs £30. And there's a Christmas wine tasting there on the 7th of December. Gutter and Stars have a few tickets remaining for an evening wine tasting on the 7th of December from 6.30 to 7.30pm. It costs £30. It takes place in the Gutter and Stars winery in French's Road. Wine tastings for the 21st of December, however, they've already sold out. On the 6th of December, the Cambridge Wine Academy has a tour of the New World at 7 o'clock for £30 and it takes place at Cambridge Wine Merchants in Cherry Hinton Road. Amphora has a vertical tasting of Moussar wines on the 26th of November, which should be fascinating. Provisional vintages range from 1998 through to 2016 at a cost of £48. There is a tasting of Italian wines, mostly reds, on the 28th of November at 8pm, and that costs £38. On Sunday the 3rd of December, there's a Quinta du Crusto Symposium. That's at 3pm and costs £80. While on the 6th of December, there is a tasting of vintage champagnes at a cost of £68. And on the 10th of December, there's a Bordeaux Symposium for £80. And full details of all these tastings are on the Amphora website. And finally, in our wine news for today, a reminder that Cambridge Wine Merchants has a Christmas wine fair at Westminster College, which is on the junction of Northampton Street, Queen's Road and Maddingley Road. There'll be 100 wines or more to try in a walk-around tasting. There's a 15% discount on the wine showcased at the event and food can be purchased at the college's buttery. It sounds like a very nice night. There'll also be a selection of gins from Cambridge Gin Distillery. It runs from 5 till 10 p.m on the 30th of November and tickets are £25. Right, finally today, just a quick bit of advice from fishmonger Ben Roberts on making a fish curry, or more precisely, what sort of fish does well in a curry. Ben, could you give us some ideas for a fish curry? Yeah, sure. Um, Fish curry, like in in the stews and the stocks and things like that, you want quite a, a, a meaty and robust fish that hold together so um, things like the monkfish and ling and tusk and rockfish and things like that where you can cube them up and it'll stay in in, in nice pieces um, obviously you can do king prawn and things like that but yeah for a for a curry choose your flavor and add them in at the, at the end you know like it's, it's one of those don't put them in at the beginning it's not like cooking meat where you want you know they cook the meat with the, the, the curry cook the curry and put the fish in at the end and and you don't really want to get to the point where you have to stir it too much obviously you want the fish to take on the flavours but you don't want to stir it to the point where you're smashing it to pieces (laughs) otherwise it's a mush rather than a a cube so you get a good fish curry by choosing the right fish for it that is the main part of it yes (laughs) (laughs) the right fish for the right job (laughs) Right, that's uh, that's our last piece of advice from Ben Roberts. So thank you, Ben. You can hear all the others in our podcasts. And Ben sells his fish in Grantchester Street on Saturday mornings from 8.30 till round about 12.15.
There's the music signalling time for news from social media. Yeah, and top news from social media this morning is from Emerald Foods on the market, and they've announced the launch of their Christmas pudding-flavoured coffee. Oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> good for them. <laughs> do you fancy it, Matt? I do, actually, yeah. <laughs> right. I'll see if I can bring some in for you. <laughs> right. At Meadows today in Mill Road, there's sourdough bagels available. Jack Van Prague is back from Jack's Gelato, if you didn't know. He's just returned from San Francisco and picked up some fantastic ice cream ideas, so we look forward to seeing what they are. Actually, I had, a little while ago, an anchovy ice cream from Jack's Gelato which was really nice. I was with my sister, who's more cautious than I am about what she eats. She doesn't like cheese, for example, so she's very cautious, but she thought it was good as well, so let's hope that returns. Dulcis has announced its range of festive-themed biscotti, which are now on sale, and Colden's Coffee has some festive coffees and chocolate drinks, for example, mint-flavoured hot chocolate, a hazelnut cappuccino, an orange hot chocolate and a gingerbread latte. They're open Tuesday till Friday, 10 till 3, and Sunday, 9 till 1. When we were talking before about buying stuff from independence, I just remembered that last Sunday morning at the Cambridge Market, I was talking to Simon, who has the big vegetable stall there. He grows the vegetables that he sells. And I was talking to him about potatoes, because he sells some very nice potatoes. And he said the secret of growing good potatoes is not to irrigate them. So he never waters his potatoes. And he says that means that they've got a more concentrated flavour. They're less watery. He said the big growers, the big farmers, managed to get their potatoes to incorporate a great deal of water, which makes them much heavier. Mm. So they get more money for their crop because it's sold by weight. So if you're buying potatoes from supermarkets, which buy from the big producers, then that is why the potatoes don't have the flavour that a small producer will. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, just like injecting uh, chickens with saline to y- increase yeah, the weight. Yeah, 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 it's the same sort of thing, just water it all down and, you know, <laughs> run off with the proceeds. <laughs> <laughs> There's Booker T and the MGs with Green Onions taking us into our jobs section. Midsummer House has vacancies for a chef de partie, a host, waiting staff and a glass polisher and bar assistant. Just send your CV and covering letter to recruitment at midsummerhouse.co.uk. The Food Museum in Stowmarket has two new roles to fill. One is Deputy Director, taking responsibility for the direction of the catering, events and retail business. And the second role is the Partnerships and Volunteer Coordinator. More details on the Food Museum's website. Time for some other jobs in brief now. Just check the company's website for any that you're interested in or pop in for a chat during a quiet time. So, chefs de partie are needed at Kwai Mill Hotel, Soul and Duck, Olive Grove, Clayton Hotel and Churchill College. Uh, the following are looking for chefs. A Romy, which wants a pasta chef and a senior pizza chef. Gourmet Burger Kitchen, which wants a grill chef. Hot Numbers in Shepreth, which wants a senior brunch chef. The Mitre, which wants a part-time chef. And Lucy Cavendish College, which has an urgent need for a casual chef. Vacancies for sous chefs exist at the Town & Gown, Cambridge Tap, 
University Arms Hotel and Pembroke College. And Wagamama is looking for a head chef and the Free Press Pub has vacancies for chefs at all levels. All of which brings us to the end of today's programme. Don't forget you can catch Flavour on Alternate Saturdays at 12 noon. We're repeated on Mondays at 6pm and Thursdays at 2pm. We're also available as a podcast from all the usual places. We'll be back on the 2nd of December with lots more food and drink news, jobs and features. So until then, goodbye. goodbye.